everyone. Welcome to Let's Plant Houses, where we talk to families who have children, both young and adult with special needs. I'm your host, Wendy Ernson, and today we are talking to Tom, who is the father of three children here in our local community. So hi, Tom. Hello. I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Um, Tom and I have known each other a number of years, but um, I do know our listeners are going to love hearing your stories because they'll be new to them. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you coming today. Um, So how about we start with you telling us a little bit about your family? I understand you have three children. Right. So we have three boys. Um, Our oldest um, has autism. He was born with a series of birth defects. Um, He's 26 now. So he's moved on from public schools, or he's moving on from public schools. Um, he's been in various autism programs and um, otherwise health impaired. He's kind of been all over. Um, then we have a 24-year-old who's now out in the working world and a 21-year-old at Michigan State. Awesome. Um, so Jared's story started early. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So Jared's story, Jared's story is really broken into two pieces. Um, One is when he was born, he had a host of medical issues. Um, Without going into a lot of detail, it was bad enough that at one time um, the doctors asked us if we wanted to continue because they didn't know how to help him anymore which is a question no one should ever face. Um, How old was he then? He was about four months old. Wow. And um, I remember it was, it was one of the many times that I, I have phrases that have stuck with me over the years that I just looked at the doctor and I said, that little guy in there is still fighting. He said, so I'm going to fight beside him. Right. And we had, he had a host of issues over a couple of years more surgeries than we can count. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in medically induced comas. He had abdominal surgeries, spinal surgeries. Um, it was really, it was really a, a, a collaborative effort amongst several different specialties. Um, and so I, the, the most important part of the kind of first aspect of it is um, that as, as a parent of a special needs child, and we, didn't know this was going to apply throughout his life. Right. But one of the most important things that we realized is that you have to be your child's quarterback. And it's very important that you understand and educate yourself as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And then you have to advocate for your child. Um, There's no one's going to advocate harder for you. Um, If you feel like you should be getting something and you're not, you have to speak up. Mm -hmm. Um, and you may not get what you want, but at least you've tried. And you really need to make sure that you've tried. The second thing is, if you have children that have, um, that are born with, you know, severe conditions that aren't, um, that are way outside the norm, is get yourself to a good university hospital. Mm. Um, The chief of pediatric surgery and the chief of neurology, quite honestly, saved Jarrett's life and, made him into the the fun kid that he is today um and fun young fun. man yeah um so so you said it was broken into two parts right so the first part was more of the medical part right. what would you describe as that turning point to the second part so 
So his is a very interesting tale of autism. Since most people are diagnosed at their you know, 18 months, two years. Right. Um, Certainly was, now. Yes. Um, and back then, I mean, it. so he was diagnosed 20 years ago. Right. And things were much different then. Um, it wasn't as common. You didn't see Autism Speaks everywhere. Right. There was no Autism Alliance of Michigan. Right. Um, it was kind of a lonely diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so we had, he had many carryover issues from all the time being in the hospital. Sure. And so everything was, he learned everything in the wrong order, if he learned it at all. So for several years, we worked in, um, we worked to find the right program for him. How old was Jared then? Um, well, he started, he started in preschool by five. Okay. And he was still on oxygen then. He still had a trach, mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't on a ventilator anymore, which is a whole story. But sure. um, it's um, it was about five that we were looking around for programs, and he didn't really classify anywhere. Mm. He was just mostly, it just seemed like he was delayed. Okay. And so we went through um, otherwise health-impaired program mm-hmm. in Royal Oak for, I think, four years. Okay. And that was a time when we had met with our pediatrician and he said, maybe we should have Jarrett looked at to see if he has autism. Okay. He said he's showing some signs of it and he wanted to get him tested. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the whole second phase starts. Um, and this is another big life lesson for me is it's not as scary today, I don't think, to hear that your child has autism because there's so many more people that are diagnosed with it and it's much more commonplace. Right. That being said, it's traumatic no matter when you hear it. Sure. And when we heard it, I think like a lot of people, we just rejected it out of hand. We're like, no, he spent all that time in the hospital. Mm-hmm. This, These are just delays. Right. And... Um, there were logical reasons. Yeah, it seemed it sure seemed like it. Yeah. Um, but now looking back, I mean, it was very clear that he had. I mean, I see things now in young children that I I can tell that I can tell where the the early diagnosis comes from. Right. And so um, we we didn't reject it out of hand, but it was very difficult to accept. And somebody, I don't remember who, it might have been one of our social workers, said to us, and this is another great piece of advice for parents of special needs kids, is she told us that um, don't resist an autism diagnosis because if you get an an autism diagnosis, um, many doors open for you in terms of special needs services and other things like that that make themselves available to you. Right. So whether that be at the schools or at a medical level or right. therapies, and it, and it can it continues it continues through school mm-hmm. and it continues when you turn eighteen. Right. So you become eligible for Social Security and uh, Medicaid because you have a diagnosis before the age of twenty two. Right. Yeah. And it it even as he now is 26 and mm-hmm. going to be, um, you know, post, post-secondary, um, it makes services available to him as an adult. Right. And had we rejected the notion, I don't know where we'd be today. Um, 
but it's it's very hard to hear that but at the same time it's beneficial to go along with it it's it's very emotionally trying to do that and i know you had to do that too we did it's um it's a it's a hard thing to hear it is it, the we thought the we thought the medical things that we went through were difficult and they were um after years of thinking well we might be past the medical right so all of a sudden get hit with oh by the way your son has autism right we were like well and it just it and what hit, does that mean yeah it because they're, they're just like we it was a it was a whole new thing mm -hmm. like we knew the medical system down pat by then right and all of a sudden it was like so now we have to deal with that like what do we even do? Right. Like well, there's and, uncertainty. Yeah. And like you said, there weren't a lot of folks at the time diagnosed. So right. you probably didn't even have a clear path of what that meant for your family. Right. Exactly. But the most important thing that, that we took, and this is a, again, number one lesson we learned, always be the quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, number two lesson is um, if someone diagnoses your child with something and it, it may make you emotionally uncomfortable, but it's an appropriate diagnosis, accept it because there, it does open doors for you. Yeah. Um, and it does, it will help you, it'll help steer you in a direction. Let's talk about those doors that open. So I don't know about you, but I, you know, the reason I call this show plan a house is because this is where we make the impossible possible. Because as parents of kids with special needs, whether they're young or adults, you're making pretty important decisions on a regular basis for them. So once you knew this and um, and you were trying to figure out what things may work or may not work, I mean, what would you say was like a plant a house moment for you guys in this at this time? And like what resources or supports were helpful to you? Well, so the the first and most important thing was we went from being in the otherwise health impaired program to coming back to Birmingham schools and um, that's where the the autism program for Oakland County was right at that point in time so Jarrett came back to the main schools in Birmingham and they had autism programs mm -hmm. um, Birmingham has a wonderful links program where the special needs kids um, buddy up with um, people from mainstream classes which is absolutely wonderful. Um, Jared, Jared we, we run into people in public who wave and we're like, who's that? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden Jared will wave Jared back. knows exactly and who that is. And they're <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I was a link with Jared in eighth grade and Jared still recognizes them. And that's so special. Um, yeah, there's so many, there's so many, I guess the, the kind of the lesson to take away from this is there's so many wonderful people around that are willing to help. Mm -hmm. um, some are experts, and some are just people on the street who who Jared's met through school. Yeah. And but people who just, are well-meaning and just want right. to like be more inclusive. Right. And um, that's I I know it's an old it's an old tripe now, but um, that's where you really started to realize that it does take a village. Yeah. That there's it's not just the people that are supporting us. And we had literally thousands of people. My mom had 3,000 people at her church oh who gosh. knew Jared's whole story. And they talked about Jared every Sunday. And <laughs> mom was talking to somebody the other day, and she asked, oh, how's your grandson doing? Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it, 
it's literally the beginning of kind of opening up to the community. So I would say, I mean, the, the biggest thing was, you know, we planted a house around, you know, his school program. Mm -hmm. And um, we had, we were on a path. We didn't know exactly what that path meant, but we had a program that matched his diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And we finally, once we, once we got past um, worrying about autism, we, it was more like, okay, so what kind of things should we do? Are there um, services that we should do? So we did some early ABA training in the house. Yep. We worked with a psychologist from U of oh, M. Can you tell us a little bit what ABA is? I, I know what that is, but just in case someone doesn't, it's the, I think it's applied behavioral analysis, right? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And so they were, um, yeah, I, I, we have so many acronyms. There that, are a lot of acronyms um, in, in this area. And <laughs> so when, when Jarrett went through, um, applied behavioral, um, mm -hmm. it was the psychologist at U of M had, was kind of, it was his first experiences in working with these techniques. And so he was kind of bringing them to the state of Michigan. Which is pretty cool too. Right. Yeah. And so it was a lot of stuff that was just teaching us how, um, how to interact with him. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this is another thing that we kind of learned through that process and through interacting with the, the teachers early on is that um, Jarrett's autism, it, it's unique. And as I've come to learn over the years, everyone's autism is unique. Yeah, you meet Every one person with autism, you met one person with autism. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, um, you can understand, you can comprehend, you can certainly empathize, mm -hmm. um, but you don't know the specifics. Right. Um, it's, it's such a wide ranging, um, you know, uh, set of, you know, behaviors and all sorts of things that it's, we're good coaches for each other, but we're by no means experts. Right. Um, we always have big shoulders though, that, you know, if somebody needs a hand or somebody needs a shoulder to cry in, or somebody wants to talk about something, um, it's a very strong, tight knit community. Yeah. And there's, you can you can always find somebody who knows somebody who has autism who can give you advice right or has a similar experience to yours so maybe they've encountered a pro, like a situation that you're experiencing and they can also give you some advice because it's likely someone else has been through it or is going through it right yeah so we so we got um as we kind of embedded ourselves in the um, the autism program in Birmingham schools, mm -hmm. they start to make you aware of some of the things that are available. Um, and one of the things that you find out is that there's, um, there are summer camp fairs and later on as your um, child grows older, there's career fairs. Right. And um, it, a lot of them are run out of, in our case, they're run out of Oakland County. Um, and you need to go explore those. Sometimes there, we went to some that were based in Birmingham schools, but 
it's very good to always go to those. So one and of you the, find out about these through your special education department in Birmingham, right? right okay, because right. I'm just thinking if someone else was looking for something similar, they should approach their special education department yes. at their okay. So you should in so their district. It should be. It, when I look at now the communication that goes on from the schools to the the families, um, we get a lot more information today. Yeah. So the information is there. Um, uh, so you you find out about them. The the point I would like to make to people is you need to go to those. Right. Because when you get to them, you realize there's a wide variety of things. My son or daughter may have autism. They may have other special needs. Like Jarrett's always had physical needs in addition to having autism. But there's there's camps for everybody. Right. Um, there are opportunities for everybody. There's after school things for everybody. Um, you just need to find the right one. And the only way you're going to find the right one is if you see a lot of them and learn about them and learn what's good and what's not applicable to your son or daughter. And, um, you know, really educate yourself. Again, this goes back to the first lesson that we learned in the hospital is you have to play quarterback. And while it would be very nice if each one of us had someone who advocated on our behalf, whose only focus was our son or daughter, you you won't get that. You'll get people that will help you and people that will answer your questions. But it really comes down to, as a parent, how do you want to how do you want to get involved and how do you want to direct um, you know their, direct their lives because you really do that. Well, and I think to your point, the thing that's great about is the example that you gave with the summer programs. A lot of those summer programs are not independent. I mean, they're a part of an organization that's usually larger. So they may have a lot of other programming that's available to your son or daughter that you wouldn't know about. And some of those programs might be things they need now, or they might be things that are great for them in their future. So um, like there's the friendship circle. I mean, they have programs for, you know, kids are very young till they're adults. And, um, but you, you know, you, you might start there by being part of their summer program. Um, cause I know they have an expansive summer program, including one for kids with special needs. Yeah. So you just never know until, like you said, having those conversations with individuals at those organizations to understand what's out there and basically creating this potential future for your son or daughter. Right. And so we've, um, we've had several experiences with different summer camps, um, and different organizations and some have been better at certain times. Mm -hmm. um, we, in his younger years, we used to spend a lot of time at the Judson Center. Mm -hmm. um, and it's over in Royal Oak, right? In, yeah, in Royal yep. Oak. Um, and for probably the last 10 years or so, um, we've been going to the Jewish Community Center oh, at yeah. 15 and just past Haggerty, 15 and Drake, I think it is. Yep. Um, and they have wonderful programs there. And honestly, they their, sure their program has, it's very adaptive. So as Jared has grown in his abilities, mm -hmm. um, there's different camps that become available. So Don't when- they even have overnight camps? Yeah, they do. That's what I um, thought. Like you could go there for several days to have yes. that more adult experience. Yes, yes, they have, um, there's 
those weren't for us. Right. But but that's that's but it's, the beauty. But it's an option. That's that's the beauty of a place like the JCC mm-hmm. is that they offer so many different types of camps. I I, I couldn't even guess how many right. people they serve. But they have um, just so many camps that they run from just fun camps um, that Jarrett used to do, and now um, he does. Um, they're kind of a combination. They do some vocational work where they go out into the public mm-hmm. and they um, they talk to uh, or they work with different sites that accommodate special needs people. Um, so, so like some examples might be. So Jarrett's worked in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Um, the JCC actually does some work with a post office. Nice. Which is very interesting. Um, and... Um, oh, they, they have, they actually have a store inside the JCC where they can practice food service. Yeah. So people can buy coffee and bagels and donuts and. Oh, is that part of their bakery? Don't they also yeah. have a bakery as well? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They have, See, and there's so many skills that you're describing that basically will, will get them ready. Right. So when they do leave the school system, which for. For those who may or may not know, here in Michigan, we are very lucky that you can go to school till you're age 26. If you have, um, if you're diagnosed, I think before the age of 22, and you get a certificate of completion from high school. But um, with that being in mind, when 26 hits, there's this thing called a cliff here in Michigan. So it's great to help get um, these young adults prepared so they can do something that is meaningful to them, that speaks to them when they are older. Mm-hmm. So, and these opportunities that you're describing are just like that, just getting them, giving them those experiences yeah. to see what they like and what they don't like. Well, and so what's interesting is the the one common theme through all of them is when Jarrett was six and was kind of first able to even begin thinking about summer camps as we were kind of tailing off on the all of his hospital issues. Right. Um, we ran into um, Steve Peck, who founded the Miracle League of Michigan in Southfield. And I believe we were one of the first people to sign up. Steve didn't even have the field built yet. Mm-hmm. We met him in January. And Miracle League is softball or baseball? It's baseball, but with big plastic bats. Okay. And, and, and kind of kind of squishy baseballs. And you said they're celebrating something special this year. Yes, this year is our 20th anniversary. It's amazing. And so Jared's done this for 20 years. He's kind of the inaugural member. Um, <laughs> And he has just as much fun with it today as he ever has. He's better at it now. Sure. Um, but um, I think the first year he did it, he was still using a walker. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure we have pictures of him um, using a walker and playing uh, Miracle League. Miracle League, is they have an adaptive field in Southfield. Mm-hmm. They have a new branch out in Lake Orion now, um, and they're part of... Uh, the Easter Seals Mork organization. So they have, they're very well funded and it's a very well run operation. Anybody with special needs can play. Um, they actually have a competitive league. We play in a non competitive league, sure. which is really just a chance for kids to get out and do fun things that their siblings might otherwise do. Right. And we just, um, we just started our season this past weekend. And I, honestly, Every year when I first go out there, it reminds me of the sheer joy that you experience of being on a field with, you know, 12 or 13 special needs kids, 
uh, of all all different sorts of ability and they the the one thing that they like they like applause sure. they like smiles they like uh, they like music and we happen to be playing baseball and it's on a incredible field um, that accommodates all kinds of wheelchairs special devices crutches you name it any anything people need to uh, accommodate um, them being out in, in public the, the field is perfect for it and it looks like a regular baseball field and just seeing the joy on the children's faces is um, it still chokes me up every year honestly I mean it's it, it's it's an amazing place it's my it's as close to my moment of Zen as I can get <laughs> is being out on the field with the kids and just playing baseball. Right. Because so many of them, you know, especially with us, with um, two younger boys, our younger boys played hockey. Right. And so Jarrett always went to their hockey games. games yeah. And was used to cheering for his brothers. Right. But he wants to feel and, that too. And right. Feel that, and and so, feel that joy. Right. right. And so, you know, his, uh, his brothers have been, um, going for um, most of the 20 years now. Um, and sometimes they've buddied with him. Sometimes they've cheered from the sidelines. Um, but it's good for them, too. I, I think they, they really learn a lot from it. That's amazing. Well, with your vast experience and knowledge, having been through, you know, gone, having gone on this journey so far, right, because obviously you guys are still going. Right. Um, for families new on this journey, what would be your last piece of advice at, just in this interview that you would give them? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the most important thing is to realize you're, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. there, there, are, there are resources, there are groups, there's foundations, there's national organizations, there's very local resources that are available to you. Um, the secret is to find them. Um, the best place to start is with your school, um, possibly with your pediatrician. Mm -hmm. um, if you see a um, behavioral therapist, sometimes they have ideas. Um, and you know some of the things that we've learned, and frankly, this is how people have learned from us, is you do things that involve other parents who have children with autism. And you just ask them what, um, what things have, what things have you used? What tools have you used? What, um, camp fair, what career fair, what, what did you, where did you go? Right. And what, what you find is that you kind of open one door and another door opens and another door opens. And eventually you find something and you say, Oh, this seems right for my son or daughter. And in fact, um, the, the program that Jared's going to go to next year, um, we had never seen because they hadn't been advertising. It's not that old. They had they hadn't been advertising, um, but it's a perfect program for him. Mm -hmm. He he needs a balance of um, you know life skills that we talked about, and um, he's he's entertained by doing vocational skills. So for instance, it, at home, he cleans the dinner table. Like he clears the table with incredible efficiency. Sometimes he doesn't <laughs> care if you're done or not. He'll take your plate. Like, wait, Jared, we're not done yet. I have an aunt that does that. <laughs> and so he'll, you know, he's, he's good at that. Um, 
he's mostly nonverbal, right. although he does understand us. Um, and we can understand some of what he says. He does use an adaptive device um, for speaking. Um, but he can do things like that. Yeah. And he's done many various things through school. Um, like I said, he does some through summer camp. Um, but we found the next chapter in Jarrett's life. Just we went out to Oakland County Schools to their um, their career fair. They call it when you you know get into the adult ages. Yep. And we stumbled across one table and we said, "Hi, we've never seen you before. What do you do?" And she started telling us, and mm -hmm. we're like, "Wow, where have you been our whole lives?" What organization's that? Or are you? It's the Living Learning Enrichment Center. Okay. In, no in Northville. Yeah. Um, Incredible so programs. Fabulous, unbelievable. It is, um, it, it, honestly, it's. We we started looking for. We knew t Jarrett was going to turn twenty six one day. Yep. And so we've been looking since he turned eighteen. Um, yeah, I think we and, got lucky when they started to expand their services just out of Wayne County and also into Oakland County. Well, to other counties outside of Wayne. Right. But yeah, I agree. It's an incredible program. Yeah, it's. Um, it's run by a tour de force, and mm -hmm. Rochelle just does a, fa a fabulous job. It's grown in eight years into an incredible organization. And they have a um, vision. Right. And yeah. they have a visionary leader. Mm -hmm. And these are the kind of people that you want to find. Yeah. Um, and I guess just one, I mean, one last piece of advice is <laughs> under, just understand that there are, um, there are public services that are available um, so I mentioned Social Security and Medicaid when you turn 18. Yep. It's very important that you're aware of those things and you get signed up. Um, and there's other, there's legal documents that you'll need. You need to get a power of attorney, um, things like that. If your child can't advocate for themselves, um, you need to establish that. Right. You and might then, want to consider guardianship. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, there's, there's money issues involved, so you should talk with a special needs financial planner. And that's uh, that's very important as well. We could probably spend a whole nother topic on that. Yes. <laughs> so maybe maybe we will. We could t we could talk about planning for the future sure. at another one. Absolutely. Well, I want. I mean, this has been so much information. First of all, I want to thank you again for sharing your story, your family's journey. Absolutely. Um, but also all the resources, because I mean, you've had you've had like you've gone through the experience to be able to share those things to know which things are are good and you know. Maybe not so good, but most, I mean, I know all the ones you shared there are remarkable places. Right. So thank you for doing that. Um, I just really, again, I appreciate you spending the time with us today. And um, and I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, and again, I'm your host, Wendy Ernzen, and I hope you join us next time on Let's Plant Houses.